welcome to Hey YA Extra Credit. Every other week opposite the main Hey YA podcast, we'll bring you a short form podcast of YA talk across a wide range of topics. I'm Erica Ezefetti. So what are some movies from your childhood or a while back that you love? And how do you feel when you revisit them? Today I'm going to be discussing a little pocket of nostalgia surrounding Spirited Away, but first let's get into our sponsor. If you love this show, you're bound to love many of our others. Check out our newest podcast, Adaptation Nation, for discussions of adaptations both beloved and new. Subscribe to Red or Dead for updates on the world of mysteries and thrillers. Or download SFFYEAH for happenings and recommendations in sci-fi and fantasy. And make sure not to miss When in Romance for updates on all things kissing books. We've got a show for everyone. Just go to bookriot.com listen for a full list of all of our podcasts or simply type Book Riot in the search bar of your podcatcher of choice. It'll bring up the full stable. Your TBR and the podcast shaped hole in your heart will be full. Happy listening. So it's basically almost the 20th anniversary of the U.S. release of Spirited Away, and I decided to rewatch it because I was in one of those nostalgic moods. And one thing about Hayao Miyazaki movies is that the animation and story still holds up today. Like, I'm not sure if they digitally remastered them or something, but I watched Spirited Away on HBO, and it looked as if it had been released this year. The animation is so crisp. The movement is fluid. I mean, I guess maybe I'm just basically describing the appeal of Studio Ghibli movies, maybe? On top of the appearance, though, you also have these wonderful stories of young people finding their independence, coming of age, and a lot of times there is some great magical element. And what I love about the magic in Miyazaki movies is that it always feels very natural. Again, maybe that's due to the fluidity of the animation, or maybe it's just the storytelling, because there are also a lot of kind of chill quiet moments throughout his movies, or at least the ones I've seen. If you're a fan of anime or manga, you might say he has a few slice of life moments, which basically translates to moments in the movie that don't really serve the plot. They're there to kind of give more substance to the characters, and I feel they make the world feel more lived in, if that makes sense. So with this rewatch, I should say that the first time I watched the movie wasn't when it first came out, but it was probably about 10 years ago. So I've obviously changed a bit since then and was interested to see if I still felt the same way as I did watching it the first time. And I will say that I largely did. It was whimsical. It had a lot of Japanese culture, specifically the Shinto religion with all of its gods and spirits, which is always really interesting to see woven into movies and stories. I also noticed a few creepier elements that I don't remember from the first time. Um, And maybe I'm noticing them now because I'm viewing it through the lens of it being primarily a kid's movie. So I was just surprised by how scary a few scenes were. And me imagining some kids watching it makes me think that they'd be a little freaked out, uh, especially by this one particular character's actions. Again, like I said before, the movie is 20 years old at this point. But I will still refrain from spoilers because I would really strongly suggest and want you to watch it if you still haven't seen it. So please go watch it if you haven't. And because as I said a moment ago, I think everyone should watch it because it's got so many things that make Hayao Miyazaki movies so wonderful and all within this wonderful world of Japanese spirituality. So the story, for those who are unfamiliar, the story starts with Chihiro and her parents when they're driving to their new house. We're given the impression that it's like super far from where they were living before. It's also kind of out of the way of everything in general, somewhat in the boondocks, basically. The dad realizes he's made a wrong turn. 
And as a result, they come across this kind of overgrown path. Chihiro notices little shrines that are supposed to house spirits, and her dad becomes very interested in this red tunnel. He wants to walk through to see what's on the other side, and he's just like super interested in it for some reason. So they get out of the car and begrudgingly follow him through this gateway, which essentially transports her to the spirit world, where she finds that she has to save her parents with the help of this boy named Haku. So naturally, after having rewatched Spirited Away, I wanted to read books that were similar to it. And I have a few to recommend to you if you're trying to experience some Spirited Away vibes like I was. The first book I have for you is A Thousand Steps Into Night by Tracy Chi. This is about Miyuko, who is part of the servant class and feels like her life has been laid before her, which is pretty plain. It's kind of boring, but she's fine with it. Kind of. She lives in this rundown town that has seen a lot of people leave, leaving a lot of buildings to become dilapidated. There's not much business for her father there, who runs an inn, and the area is just all around quiet except for the demons and spirits that may come out at night, of course. Um, In Spirited Away, in this book, the spirit world becomes more active at night, which is interesting. So I should say that I don't know specifically what era this takes place in, as it's not very clear, but it's definitely not the modern era. I feel like the latest it could be is maybe like the 1800s. So Miyuko. Even though Miyuko has settled for the life of a woman in this era, which would mean that she is meant to marry, can't become educated if she wants to, and is expected to give herself to a man, basically, she doesn't really fit this mold. For one, she's just naturally loud, which, same. (laughs) And her other personality traits and mannerisms just don't match society's perception of a woman's mannerisms. She always has this like self-editing voice in the back of her head telling her to shrink and not to take up too much space. Well, one day after her father sent her on an errand by herself, which I should say is less than ideal in this time to send a young woman on errands without the accompaniment of a male relative or her husband. Anyway, so during this errand, she comes across this beautiful blue female demon who kisses her, cursing her as a result. With this curse, she finds that wherever her bare feet touch leaves a trail of death, which, you know, is also less than ideal. (laughs) So she embarks on this journey to find someone to break the super rare curse she has that is slowly turning her entire body blue. She's accompanied by a shape-shifting, thieving magpie spirit, who is a great source of comic relief. Oh, and then there is the demon prince who keeps popping up. There are trickster spirits, wild gods, and demon hunters she also has to contend with. All in the name of being able to go back home fully human and not demon. So along the way, she really sees the issues with how genders are viewed and the inherently unfair treatment that women suffer through. The female demons she comes across don't have to fit themselves in the small box that human women do. There's also non-binary representation through what's known as the high. It's explained how the high were allowed to live as everyone else in the past and how gender in binary terms basically took over. So she, she basically, you know, along this journey in trying to maintain her humanity or return herself to human form, she, you know, kind of starts to think like maybe being a demon is not all that bad because she can do more things, be more free and all that stuff. So... 
Yeah, it's really good. Also, side note, the cover is really pretty. I love covers. It's got this like really rich, vibrant uh, red and this like really rich blue. So again, that's A Thousand Steps Into Night by Tracy Chi. Okay, the next book I have for you is another recent release. I believe both of these books came out this month, this year. And that is The Girl Who Fell Beneath the Sea by Axie O. So Mina's hometown has been plagued with terrible, terrible storms that have washed entire villages away and has people at each other's throats trying to fight over meager resources. In a bid to stop this, the people throw a beautiful young woman into the sea every year to become the sea god's bride. They do this with the aim to appease the god, therefore stopping the collective suffering. Now you'd think after checking the first poor helpless girl into the sea and the terrible things keep happening that they'd stop, but they're like, nah, let's keep throwing them into the sea because even though it's not helping, they keep thinking that it's not helping because the other girls were just not the true bride of the sea god, which is like, okay, I guess. Anyway, this year it's Shim Chong's turn to be sacrificed to the sea as she is believed to be the most beautiful girl in the village and therefore hopefully the true bride. She's also Mina's older brother's beloved. So he's ready to throw hands for Shim Chong. He's prepared to square up with the sea god's dragon servant for Miss Shimmy, okay? He's really literally ready to risk it all, all right? So Mina being a selfless little sister, tries to save them both by throwing herself into the sea instead. She finds herself in the spirit realm, which is full of spirits, demons, and gods. She also finds the sea god in a deep slumber and her soul and voice are taken. Now she has to restore her soul as well as figure out a way to save her people and keep peace within the spirit realm. So naturally, just like in Spirited Away, she is helped by locals. There's the mysterious Lord Shin, for example, and she has to achieve everything before she's bound to the spirit world forever. The world is whimsical and so immersive, and Mina, as a main character, is loyal and determined. She experiences love, both romantic and platonic. So once again, that's The Girl Who Fell Beneath the Sea by Axio. The last book I have for you is Half World by Hiromi Goto, illustrated by Jillian Tamaki. This takes place in modern Vancouver, Canada, and is about Melanie Tamaki, who is fat, poor, and not too good at school, even though she really likes books. She has no friends, really, except for the lady who runs a convenience store, Miss Way. One day, she comes home to find that her mother, who suffers from alcoholism, has vanished. Melanie finds out she's been taken to this place called Half World, which is a realm that exists alongside the realm of the flesh and the realm of the spirit. Turns out that her mother and her father, actually, were both from Half World originally, and it's believed by some, like the villain Mr. Glueskin, that Melanie is the chosen one who, who will restore balance to Half World. So as she journeys through Half World to rescue her mother, she comes across some very disturbing things. For one, there's the aforementioned Mr. Glueskin, who is a really genuinely creepy character who does something similar to the creepy character I mentioned from Spirited Away. Then there is Half-World itself, which traps people in a continuous loop of trauma, some of which includes repeated self-harm, so trigger warning on that. The realms in the world throughout the book are based on Buddhism and Japanese spirituality. There's also queer representation, 
actually the author herself is queer. And illustrations um, added throughout give a nice addition to the world building. Again, it's not a graphic novel, but it does have some illustrations throughout. Once again, that's Half World by Hiromi Goto. So thanks so much for tuning in today, as well as our sponsor for making this day's show possible. You can follow me on Twitter at Erica underscore EZE underscore. Big shout out to Jen Zink, our audio editor, for making me sound great and like a normal person. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week on the main podcast where I will be joined by Tears of Price. Until next week, happy reading. Happy reading.